Hooray, hurrah. Once again, the smartest man in the world takes to the ether. Yes, the proof cast that's been missing in action for over a month. Jughead's here. Archie's here. And Veronica and Betty are too. Hi, Jennifer. How are you? Good, thanks. <laughs> it's good to see you. <laughs> Welcome back to the podcast that never ends. Once again, we join hands and join hearts and try to find some solace in each other's company in this burning viral world. Uh, the Gap Band, uh, because Ronnie Wilson. Such a great song. Yeah, one of the founders of the Gap Band. Um, we have big Ohio players people here, and we're big Gap Band people here. What can I tell you? The Gap Band was so, so, so very awesome. They started in the 60s, and the reason they're called the Gap Band is Greenwood Archer and Pine Street um, was from is Tulsa's historic district, the one that had that terrible, terrible conflagration in the 20s that was destroyed in what they call the Race Massacre. In any case, um, Leon Russell helped get them off the ground, and they were just a major funk band all through the 70s and 80s. And um, Ronnie just uh, passed. Charlie's still going. Um, you may remember Outstanding was one of Hillary's theme songs yes, during her election. So the Gap Band is always the all the way The church studio that, where they recorded is... Uh being rehabilitated which is great awesome beyond measure um there uh, uh, you know we're talking about a state that's given the world uh woody guthrie and uh, uh leon russell and um uh, jj kale right mm-hmm. uh wanda jackson garth brooks even mm-hmm. um and uh the gap band is a fantastically oklahoma configuration one because leon russell helped them get going and two um, the beginning of that song, he goes, okay. And they always wear cowboy hats. And if you want to do yourself a favor, the video of early in the morning has women on bicycles, flaming drumsticks and, yeah, and glitter cowboy outfits. It's so worth all of your time. And Dave Grohl admitted this year that the drum drops at the beginning of Nevermind are stolen Isn't that awesome? from the drum drops from the beginning of the early in the morning. Ronnie Wilson's wife said uh, her husband was a genius with creating, producing, and playing mm. fuglehorn, trumpet, keyboards, and singing. Oh, my God. And they, well, let's just, let's just play another one that's one of Jennifer's favorites here. I think you'll all enjoy it. Unforgettable beginning because you're being bombarded. Mm-hmm. Right? Super funky. Ronnie played a lot of the keyboards in the band. They're just an awesome band with an awesome distinctive sound. And everybody remembers their dance that they did with the knees up high, baby, and cowboy hats. Yeah. Well, you got to show off those. On American Bands, yeah. When they had Outstanding as a hit, they were on American Bandstand in glitter cowboy outfits. And I remember Dick Clark going, this is one of the big hits in the country. And then the Gap Band comes out and do this, the dance where they lift their knees up. It just Hollywood didn't really let us into the fact that there were an overwhelming number of black cowboys. No, uh, I'm so anxious to see The Harder They Fall this week, um, which is um, made by black people, starring black people, and has a lot of famous, actual, real black cowboys in it. They fictionalize it because it's a movie, but like, they're, those are all real figures in the wild, wild west, and it's just super boss. Well, that's what they, like you said, they never tell you. Uh, what was it, a quarter of the cowboys were black? In the, more than. More than. Um, also, you know, gosh, after the Civil War, gee whiz, do you yep. think? Yeah. Um, there's only one or two movies that even get close to that. Uh, and then there's the old-fashioned movies like what? Destry Rides Again has a few ethnic people kicking around here and there. Anyway, um, Mr. Wilson will always be remembered. The Gap Band never stops flying the funk flag as high as humanly possible. And, um, yeah, he was a man of the cloth, too, of course. He was a Christian, and uh, they're just so outstanding. Um, we always talk about Dayton, Ohio as being such an intense place for funk, but certainly Oklahoma gets a super big look in here. Um, Did you already mention Jesse Ed Davis? Uh, Jesse Ed Davis. We yeah. forgot Jesse Ed Davis, a, a fantastic Indian from Oklahoma who's in loads of people's bands and on loads of people's albums. Yeah. Yeah, a wonderful guitar player. Uh, yeah, we did get J.J. Kalen right there, too. It was, uh, the, yeah, the songwriting from Oklahoma 
Hey, how about that? And Leon Russell, who, uh, Jesus, he uh, enough groups. The Beatles, <laughs> the Stones, the Beach Boys, the Monkees. Well, his studio and musicianship. Dylan and, and uh, the Gap Band said, hanging around with Leon Russell. All of a sudden, Dylan's in the studio. Ringo's in the yeah, studio. Pretty fun. Yeah, and he was like, oh, no, he was a, a groovy cat to hang out with. Um, speaking of Wilson's, Terrence Wilson from UB40, um, he's also swirling off on the stars. You may have gotten the theme to this show. We had a lot to catch up with you guys, and Jennifer and I have been able to talk to you for a while about politics or anything. Hardly anything's happened. Oh, just this has been the dullest month. Uh, I think we all remember where we were when uh, Biden's car was flashed by, what was it, a large, naked Scottish man? Oh, when he went to Glasgow for the uh, climate change? Con- a large, naked Scottish man, yes, right, he went according to, Gl- to Edinburgh Live. <laughs> the one thing about Glasgow is large, naked Scottish men stand in the window... <laughs> And flashed him after he left Edinburgh. He, he was taking a photo. Yeah. He was all excited and apparently forgot clothing. To put his kilt on? Well, you know they don't wear anything under them. Uh, this was a Climate Con 2021 or whatever. <laughs> and uh, having it in Scotland was the greatest. One, everyone took private jets there. And two, the Scottish uh, stand up to zero <laughs> bullshit. And so the idea that you're going to have a climate conference with a bunch of world leaders up there when they're having the worst year ever because... Best of luck. They, the English government right now, and yeah. they have to live under that, and they were just like, "Oh no!" Well, and also, uh, Wolf Blitzer was sitting in front of Edinburgh Castle and yeah. said that he was reporting from Glasgow, and you imagine how that went over. Uh, nay, you're not. Um, <laughs> also, they're ready to call you every name in the book—a ball bag, a roaster, and may- many, many, many worse names. Uh, a lot of which start with C. You may not understand. Yeah, oh, no. You'll never, you'll nay understand half the things they call you. Having it in Scotland was just boss. And the roads. I mean, there's no escaping. There's no like yeah. easy egress from Glasgow or Edinburgh. You, you, you get caught in front of, so that it was, you know, hilarious sightings of world leaders in front of the, the crap, uh, you know, ice, uh, uh, what is it? Called? Greg's the baker. Yeah, Greg's the baker. <laughs> G-R-E-G-G's the baker. And by the way, for a baker, they never cook anything. Like the thing about Greg's is the pies are awful and the bacons are terrible. For a bakery, it's just, and uh, the cobbles. First of all, Glasgow, as I've said once, like the, the, a milkshakes get thrown against walls there. How does anyone get angry in the middle of a milkshake and throw it against the wall? Well, Glasgow finds a way. And it was the place where we were playing the stand in Glasgow. I went into the loo and there's a sign on the wall that says, if you've taken too much um, molly and uh, um, ecstasy, eat a packet of crusps. So you were supposed to eat a packet of beef and tomato flavored well, potato chips to come down from taking too much eating. In this article, it says, uh, when we were on the smaller country roads, a large naked Scottish man stood in his, <laughs> stood in <laughs> his front window taking a picture of the motorcade with his phone. It says that he was exuberant. The professor. Yeah. <laughs> the ginger git. <laughs> Giant. Giant Scottish man with his thing hanging out. <laughs> Naked in his front window. You could see all of Lothian he, and he some of the first. He didn't forget the phone. No, no. But... I got a great picture. <laughs> yeah, you could see the first Boy, and fourth, can, as it you, were. You can imagine his neighbors are never going to let that go. Oh, no, no, no. I was going to say he can't go to the pub anymore because <laughs> everyone is going to be on him literally till the end of time. <laughs> If, if this is the, as you know, uh, the podcast that um, re- has a subscription to the Spurtle, which is, uh, is endemic to one neighborhood in Edinburgh. The Broughton. The Broughton. Uh, the Broughton District. And it's um, Edinburgh's paper of record. And so I'd like the Spurtle to know, and they will as soon as they listen to this, um, that I'm hoping that we cover the large naked man who took a picture from his window as Biden was leaving, as President Biden was leaving his hotel. And um, I think it's a perfect country for Biden. Well, there was a bit of a... a- a thing about that too, because the Biden contingent stayed outside of Edinburgh, not in Glasgow. And as you know, not a lo- lot of love lost between the two. Um, I think Glasgow's chant goes "fuck your castle and your rock," because Edinburgh is <laughs> famous for its rock and its castle. Uh, no, they they've did, got a tram too. Oh, they got a tram, and you can take it, it from nowhere from nowhere to the end of nowhere. <laughs> and they, uh, we started going there in '93 for the first show, and they just finished the tram. I think about an hour ago. 
yeah, the tram's been awesome forever and ever. And no one's on it now, and, you know. One of the reasons I read for them not having the conference in Edinburgh was that it might damage the, the cobbles in the buildings. And I just thought, but Glasgow has cobbles, too. Yeah, but Glasgow has that giant convention center and all that. <laughs> no, also, but I just thought that was so precious. Oh, well, but Edinburgh doesn't want you to mess up their cobbles. Right, don't come here. Yeah, but in the town center and... With and your fancy ways. Glasgow, they're busy putting the bollard on the statue at all times, the, the, <laughs> the traffic cone. Which lives on the statue. Um, yeah, Glasgow is, uh, is rough and tumble. And I quite enjoy I love, well, we love playing everywhere in Scotland. But Edinburgh is super precious in Epitone Boots. And Glasgow and is we like... we love it. Yeah. And Glasgow is more like, let's get a packet of chips and there's not going to be any um, napkins. Because, or serviettes, if you will. If you well, said napkin there, they'd laugh at you. that's what was making me cry laughing. The mayor of Los Angeles went to the climate conference Uh promptly got COVID, spent 14 days in a hotel room in Glasgow. Yeah. Imagine trying to get food delivered. Oh, I hope you like chips. During a, no, but during a conference. <laughs> right? You know, we've had five orders today. Oh, it's mayhem down here. It's pandemonium. There's no way we can get you a sandwich. Right. The mayor's calling down. Could I get a... Also, don't dare ask for a burrito or anything like that. What? Although, as you recall, the last time we played in Edinburgh in 2019, the last podcast from Scotland was called The Burritos of Edinburgh because they had knocked down my chippy and put up a burrito shop across from the balloon and Taviat Square. So things do change. Yeah, having it in Glasgow was awesome possum. And also, as you say, um, what uh, Biden wasn't staying in Glasgow. They stayed 45 minutes away yeah. outside of Edinburgh yeah. so they could have a nice, yeah. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> letting letting Glasgow know yet again that they're not on the agenda for you. Uh, but it's happened to them so many times they have to be uh, fairly used to Praise being for it. treated like the uh, I, I think that, that's what uh, accounts for the incredible joie de vivre and starkiness. Yeah, that really lifts your spirits. It is the place where a guy gave me a shave and a haircut and was so rough with me that I had bruises all you over were my face. when I saw you. And it's because I did not have a And that was word. days later yeah. that I saw you. Yeah, in London you, you saw you me. Were, you had been... I wouldn't tell you because it was the first night I got into Glasgow. We were going to Paris and you didn't want to get your haircut in Paris. I don't, oh, no. I, don't know. I had to go to Glasgow. I had to you go to the guy... To go- a handwritten sign, Jennifer, on luminous, you know that, that... Do not enter. Neon. Do you remember the colors we neon? advise you to go elsewhere. Yeah, from the 80s. Handwritten on it, shave and a haircut, 10 quid. Oh, no, you don't, mate. And everyone in there had a squatty haircut like they were in the Territorial oh, and Army. And you just marched right yeah. in. And people were in there that already had the Territorial Army haircut and were getting it topped out. <laughs> So they weren't even getting their haircut from long to this, you know, the white supremacist. They were already at that. And then, and then that's where he said to me, because I had purple butterfly socks on. And the guy said to me, giant Turkish guy with a Scottish burr. And what do you do for a while on the, and I went, I'm a comedian. And he went, I thought you were a fucking hairdresser. Well, and he was a hairdresser. Warm and welcoming. Yeah. And then I let the man put a straight razor to my throat. He stropped it up. You're, put a giant towel on my face. By the way, the towel was neon too. House from now yeah, on. it was neon green. The towel was neon green too. That that whole tour thing that's been called to a halt as yeah. of now. Then he gave me a massage because of this decision yeah, making. I so didn't have a safe word. The crowd that night was looking at me like, "What did you do today?" Because I had a bruise in my eye, like I'd been in a, a like fight. I right, I'd like I'd been at a Celtics Rangers and I'd took in the wrong, yeah. Uh, UB40's Terrence Wilson, known as Astro. Um, his parents were from that Jamaica. That was based on his shoes, right? He apparently wore Doc Martin astronaut boots, but no, it was and too no long. No one was going to let it go. Yeah, it was too long, so they called him Astro. He was in the group forever and ever and ever. And I'm going to play the part that I think you'll remember Astro for. Oh, yes. Um, because it's very, very good. It was a giant hit for them in the 80s. And it's, it's almost... Imp- impossible to describe with all these guys the Gap Band and UB40 just endless hits here's t- our Terrence red wine, remember, so fine. you keep me rocking all of the time red 
red wine, you make me feel so grand. I feel a million dollars when you're just in my hand. Red, red wine, you make me feel so sad. Anytime I see you go, it make me feel bad. Red, red wine, you make me feel so fine. Monkey packing is the finest way. Red, red, red wine, I give you only present. Only present, you make me do my own thing. Really makes it. I love that he wanted to make reggae more popular in the world. And Isn't that great? His, his dedication. His mission, he said, was to make reggae popular in the world. And UB40 is such a great pop band. And then he throws the toast again there. Uh-huh. That's what I mean. There's just it's. They're great that they broke out in the states and that this was such and a giant from hit. Birmingham, right? Yeah, parents are from Jamaica. Like so many people, we're going to talk about the Caribbean is such a. So important to all of the music around the world, but especially us in England. The line broke. Fantastic. An unforgettable record. And taking a Neil Diamond song and making it a pretty peppy little reggae (laughs) number. Yeah. Just fantastic. Terrence Wilson is um, certainly in the heavens, um, toasting everyone... And making our lives so much gooder. Speaking of making our lives gooder, let's play that bill thing and talk about the bill. Yes, please. Um, Dave Frischberg is swirling in the heavens. An awesome jazz pianist. He played with, well, it was a solo artist for years, but also a very crafty songwriter who wrote one of the great baseball songs called Van Lingle Mungo that only has baseball players' names. The, oh, there's an and and I think a Gosh, big. Greg, why would you bring that one up yeah, first? Yeah, it's really good. Frankie Crosetti, Johnny Singh. Um, his voice is reedy and awesome. We saw him in the 80s in San Francisco. And um, he was always um, put together with Blossom Deary and Bob Doro. Because, I love Blossom Deary. Well, we, they're all so clever and so um, sassy. And, and uh, humorous lyrics and not afraid to make jazz fun and, and have lots of life. And this is a, uh, a song that he wrote for Schoolhouse Rock, one of many, Dave Frischberg. And this one's sung by Jack Shelton, who's a L.A. band leader and trumpeter. And super groovy. Yeah, who was on a talk show called The Merv Griffin Show in the 60s and 70s. Where Jack Shelton talked like this, hey, Mervyn, how's it going, man? He was so casual. It was <laughs> like, did you just drop by? Right. Are it, you on the show? Are you? Did you just hang? Are you high? Because it was always like, hey, man, how's it? Hey, Merv. He, he was too hip Yeah, he, 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 That's why Merv had him on, because Merv had been, believe it, it or not. It, it made it a club scene. Right? Merv was a big band singer in the, in the old days. And I thought he thought Jack Shelton was a cool cat in the L.A. jazz scene. Anyway, the coolness is that Dave Frischberg wrote this song, Jack Sheldon sings the song, and that all y'all will remember it if you're of a certain age. And it's his son on it, too. Oh, right. The son son. plays the kid in it. Um, A Jack Sheldon's son. And it's called I'm Just a Bill. And uh, this is dedicated to a lot of everybody um, who don't know how civics work. And this is (laughs) how a lot of us learned it on telly uh, because of songs like this. Here we go. You sure gotta climb a lot of steps to get to this Capitol building here in Washington. Well, I wonder who that sad little scrap of paper is. I'm just a bill. Yes, I'm only a bill. And I'm sitting here on Capitol Hill. Well, it's <laughs> a long, long journey to the Capitol City. It's a long, long wait while I'm sitting in committee. But I know I'll be a law someday. That is so, that part. Um, the uh, uh, the capital city, and st- I'm sitting in committee. Just today <laughs> that I will, but today I am still just a uh, Dave Frischberg is uh, dead clever with the rhymes. I'm going to play one little part of a Dave Frischberg here because it's worth it, and then we're going to play his greatest song, which is "I'm Hip." Um, but we're going to play. Blossom Deary's version because it's hipper. And no, I'm not. <laughs> there is a, do- a song called Dodger Blue, but we're not playing that one uh, by Dave Frischberg. Hang on one second while I find my jam. Well, surely not. That's anathema to you. Uh, right? Here it is. This one's very clever, and you might remember it. With my attorney Bernie, I 
I'm impressed with his influential friends. He's got very big connections, and I follow his directions. Bernie knows his way around, and so I always do what Bernie recommends. I am blessed with my attorney, Bernie. I'm impressed with the way he runs the store. He's got Dodger season boxes and an office full of foxes. It's amazing all the different things your average guy might need a lawyer for. Bernie tells me what to do. Bernie lays it on the line. Bernie says we sue, we sue. Bernie says we sign. We sign. Yeah, awesome, right? Very, very clever. And then here, let's hear Blossom Deary's uh, version of his. What? I've got to find my. Yeah, my attorney, Bernie. Here's Blossom Deary's version of I'm Hip. But a lot of people have covered it. I'm so glad we got to see her in San Francisco. Yeah, she was an awesomely hip pianist and really singer. Delightful. And she did this when we saw her. I'm hip. I'm no square. I am always on the scene, making the rounds, digging the sounds. I read Playboy magazine, cause I'm hip. I dig, I'm in step. When it was hip to be hip, I was hip. I don't blow, but I'm a fan. Look at me swing, ring-a-ding-ding. I even call my girlfriend, ma'am, I'm so hip. Every Saturday night. With my suit button tight and my suede's on, I'm getting my kicks, watching arty French flicks with my shades on. I'm too much, I'm a gas, I am anything but middle class. When I hang around the band, popping my thumbs, digging the drums, squares don't seem to understand why I flip, they're not hip, like I'm hip. Like I'm hip. I'm hip. I'm alive. I enjoy any place where there's jive. Um, yeah, Blossom Jerry is an astonishing interpreter of Dave Frischberg's. She also did, as I recall, Sweet Virginia Ham when we saw her, which is another Dave Frischberg number. He's a dead cover writer and um, lucky enough to be covered by Bob Duro and Blossom Jerry as well as himself uh, uh, because they all are so unique and. That end of jazz uh, that has a sense of humor. Well, the, the school of uh, the sarcastic intellectual pianist yeah. who's riffing at the piano. Yeah, just fantastic. Well, Dave Frischberg uh, is uh, an awesome part of American music. And he, too, I don't know that he's swirling in the heavens. Uh, what did he say? One of the songs was called The Dear Departed Past, which was an unmitigated love letter to nostalgia. So I think that's where he is, exactly where he wants to be in the cloud city of his own making. Uh, there you go. What about our um, Kamala? Are we gonna? Well, you mentioned first. You mentioned the bill. Oh right, right? I'm a bill, and I live on Capitol Hill. And oh my God, they passed the trillion dollar infrastructure bill. Yeah, they did. Uh, well done, Biden, Harris, Chuck Schumer, Nancy Pelosi, everybody that got it done. And 13 have, Republicans on the, in the right? Congress. Um, and some Democrats who didn't vote will not be mentioned. Yeah, whatever. Um, <laughs> I guess they're they don't Democrats. Get to, they don't get to sit at the Thanksgiving yeah, table no. with me. They're at the kids' no table. No pumpkin pie for them. Yeah, no pie. Um, we're we're going to uh, bring internet, high-speed internet, to places that didn't have it, which is profound for all the kids that oh were held behind because how were they going to learn during the pandemic? And the last year and a half, yeah. I oh mean, let's just put it there. Just aside from all the other dramatic changes that makes for uh, various states across the country, even parts of California. I mean, oh, rural parts to be of California. Sure. Um, it's going to uh, clean up uh, the water. Yes, it will. It'll actually clean up all the water they're talking yeah. about, getting new pipes in everywhere, right? Uh, repair and rebuild our roads and bridges, which is... Critical. Really critical. I mean, you have been uh, a month on the road. A month on the road. <laughs> but I mean, we travel a lot, 
and uh, it's pretty shocking in some places to just get across town. I mean, I don't know how uh, school buses or you have to get to your job or how you're supposed to get there if the roads are that bad. Oh, the United States is so um, run down and uh, the bridges are crappy. This is a profound change. The, yeah, it is. The internet and it literally, and I'll name you states that you've heard of, you know. And not never mind. Well, I mean, never mind West Virginia. Everybody always makes fun of West Virginia and the poverty-ridden states. But Ohio, uh, Kentucky, there's whole places you drive through and there's nothing. Uh-huh. Like I don't mean any internet desert. And then um, obviously the the kind of um, terrible I, water supply, terrible uh-huh. uh, bridges, bad I, electricity. Iowa apparently has the worst. Uh, bridges and and only one of their representatives voted for this yeah unbelievable bill. um we played iowa before uh, the plague and um they didn't let us play this time you guys because they wouldn't lift them not wearing a mask ordinance we require a mask at the who's live shows and and or an a vaccination and they just wouldn't do it so that was weird but the time before when we stayed there and we stayed in des moines the entire uh, uh cityscape on both sides of the river was completely wrecked from a flood they'd had six months earlier. Yeah. And so the the need for infrastructure in Iowa is acute. It's it's absolute, as, as the Lawrence of Arabia says. Absolutely. I mean, they, our new head of the EPA was in Jackson, Mississippi uh, last week because, remember, they had a, a boil water notice? <gasps> Jackson. Think, yeah. I mean, that's the, the capital. capital of Mississippi. Yeah. Um, the This bill is going to upgrade... Uh, the U.S. airports, huh? Oh Greg, God. do you think that's needed? Yeah, just a little. Uh, upgrade our ports. Um, it's going to be the largest investment in passenger rail since the creation of Amtrak. I, mean, I thought you were going to say since the Intercontinental Railroad <laughs> and the, during the Civil War, since the creation of well, Amtrak. That's how 50, bad that is. Fifty years. That, and, this is the first in fifty years. Right. And, and this is all. All these things too help. Uh, address climate change. Mm. I mean, this is about... Uh, Trains are awesome. Yeah. Uh, uh, there's going to be electric vehicle chargers across the states. Uh, clean, yes, reliable energy. Yes, that's a big exciting thing, isn't it? He's going to have... You'll be able to drive across the country without yes. having to search for one. Yes, and, and uh, without having to rely on, on petrol stations. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's... Uh, petrol? Are we in Ireland? Yeah. <laughs> We just we just took a got de- to Glasgow. Yeah, we took a detour. Um, it's going to be uh, addressing cyber attacks, extreme weather events. We we live in California. A couple of the worst fire events in the last ten years have yeah. been because we still have power lines above ground. Well, this is going to put them below ground. Finally. And that won't be an issue anymore, which is pretty important. Oh God! And PG and E goes on and on. The fires here have been extraordinarily yes. damaging. No, it couldn't be bigger. It's, it's uh, you know, we always talk about it, you and I, and we were talking about it the other day about, I, I know Joe Biden seems, over, President Biden seems overexcited about railroads, but every single city we've stayed well, on on this tour. them regularly. Yeah. Every single city we've stayed on this tour, railroads run through the center of town. We generally stay in the center of every city. So I'm talking about Royal Oak, Michigan, Indianapolis, um, Cincinnati, uh, 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 Akron, all the places we've been, the dozens of places, even Boston and stuff like that, you hear the railroad train go through town. The mm-hmm. railroad connects the entire country. It really does still. It's vital. We're on freeways everywhere. We're in airports everywhere. Imagine if we could just take a quick train to San Francisco. I'm hoping they revive the speed train in California because I know that was one of Brown's prep projects right. that got the schedule. Former Governor Jerry Brown. Well, it's really amazing because it's bigger than the New Deal and LBJ's Great Society all at once. It's that big of a move. No one's ever spent this kind of cash. No, it's, it's so exciting That's because things are going to get better. Yeah. Things are going to get better for everybody. They're going to get better for poor families, middle class families, working yeah. class families. Everybody gets to enjoy these improvements. And I never thought that this would happen, no. that, that it, he got it done because he's pragmatic. Uh, our vice president, Kamala Harris, went to different cities to try to get the support, the grassroots support for this. Mm-hmm. Um, they have been working. Uh, I, I, I read that she has had more roundtable talks than anyone in D.C., Vice President Harris. 
To be sure, with she, business leaders, yes, with, with factory yes. people, with uh, the people who are going to make the machines, with elect- everybody, car manufacturers. And uh, since the media is invested in wondering where uh, the vice president is, let's see. She was in France to much acclaim for the French press. Uh, Macron, I don't think she got along with President Oh, Macron my God, it looked like we were going to have to... Hose them down. <laughs> he was very excited to, to meet her. Yeah. Um, she worked on a, a cybersecurity agreement uh, when oh, yeah. she was there. She she was at the Libya conference. She was at the peace conference. Right, met conference. all the African leaders. She spoke at the peace conference. Uh, people were, uh, leaders from other countries were taking selfies with her. They were so excited to yeah. meet her. She had dinner at the uh, Elysee Palace. Um, uh, Doug got to go to a bakery. Her husband. Well, she got to go to the palace. One of the the press was so out of it, they called the bakery in the Marais uh, the Yiddish bakery. Yeah, the uh, Yiddish bakery. A couple hours later, they changed it to the Jewish bakery. Deleted that. They had the kosher bakery. They made, they made, let her go to the most sacred, um, one of the World War II memorials yes. on Marmosis Day. Yes. Or World War One and World War II memorials. And she, a, she laid flowers at uh, the, a, one of the cafes, uh, the horrible terrorist act. Uh, was not that long ago Mm -hmm. and she met with the she didn't just do that she also went inside and met with the people working there um she she, uh no not at bataclan at the cafe Ah. and uh so she was inconceivably busy yeah uh, since she's been back, she uh, was there for the signing of the infrastructure bill. She did a tribal nation summit yesterday. Mm-hmm. She met with the president of Mexico uh, and this afternoon met with the prime minister of Canada. Monsieur Trudeau. Exactly. So, I mean, what is she not doing? Nothing. And she speaks Quebecois, which yes, is she awesome. Does. Uh, she She's had an amazing month, and the success is. Uh, I was going to say it's a miracle that they got all this passed, but I don't know if it's a miracle as much as, like he, t- Biden and Harris talked about it when they were running about what they were going to do, mm-hmm. and most people are lying when they tell you what they're going to do. Like for instance, forty five said infrastructure was going to be a big thing, and they were really going to make that happen. And if they had, they well, would, it was it was the running joke. Right, is this infrastructure week? Right, infrastructure week became a gag, and then this group. Uh, having to take over after an insurrection to impeachments, the most corrupt nonsense ever, and a giant plague, have managed to get everybody money, to get child uh, people sh- give uh, uh, money to people who have children, right. to give them child tax credits, and to get this infrastructure thing done, all under the most hostile fire of uh, the insanity of the Republican Party, which isn't a party anymore. It's just obstructive nonsense, white grievance Nazis and the media, which hasn't taken their part at all. So let me just say it here. We'll say it. I know we talk about it a lot, but having Kamala Harris as vice president, having vice president Harris as a black and South Asian ancestry woman is so inconceivably historic and important that it can't be stressed enough. It's like when Barack Obama was president. Mm-hmm. It's like when Hillary Clinton was nominated for president. It's that important. It's more important than what white guys do. It's more important Thank than you. what white guys say. It's more important than what Matt Gates thinks or Mitch McConnell or what 45 barfs up from exile. It's more important than Bannon being um, indicted, although that was fantastic. It's more important than any Republican going to jail for their crimes. Her getting power on the equal level with what only white men, literally only white men have had for 240 years, is the biggest goddamn thing in the history of the United States. And to to look at the the looks of glee on the faces of Hmm. the leaders that she meets with, you know, to, to talk to someone so prepared uh, and uh, wonderful, uh, delightful uh, as her. Yeah, I mean, she's an awesome personality. You know, it, there's sanity back. Yeah. And uh, they even, uh, there was uh, $2 billion in uh, student debt forgiveness recently. And uh, the uh, Secretary of Education, Miguel Cardona, said, uh, check your emails because uh, veterans... Service members, the disabled, and people that went to um, universities that pe- were found fraudulent, uh-huh. they're having their student debt erased. The people who deserve it the most. Yes. The, yes. Literally, the people who got defrauded it, and disabled people. It's happened. 
No, it's they're doing everything they promised. It's like also it's it's the empathy. Yeah, this team it's just beautiful. And nobody left behind. As we were talking about, it's Trans Awareness Week. Yes. And our our highest cabinet official is a trans woman named uh, Rachel Levine. And she just got made an admiral. Right. She's a four star general. She's the assistant health uh, secretary. She's the highest um, person holding office that is trans in the yes. United States. And we also want to get a shout out, of course, to our friends, Andrea Jenkins and Danica Rehm. Danica Rehm won her re-election in the House of Delegates. They, they both won their re-election. And um, uh, uh, Andrea Jenkins, who's also an awesome artist and poet, is back on the St. Paul um, Minneapolis City Council. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're both trans women and We've had Andrea on the show because Jennifer was able to get her when we did the ACLU conference. And Danica, we met at the Who's Live show. She's a Who's Line <laughs> fan. And she's come backstage and met us too, as has, as have Andrea. And so we can't offer them enough support because well, they're really doing important they're work. Both they're both outstanding. Great politicians. They, they are beloved in their neighborhoods. Yep. I mean, they're, they're districts. They're, they're really doing a great job. Yeah, they're awesome public servants. That's yes. the thing. They're diligent and responsive. They actually go out and talk to the people that they work for and get things done. Danica Rand, famously, the traffic being an yeah. issue in her district. The House of Delegates is like what we would call what? The Assembly in California. So we have, I'm hoping that she runs for... Uh, I you think, know, statewide office and then some national Congress type thingy. Um, a few years ago, Liz Winstead uh, invited us to Jackson, Mississippi to visit the women's health organization there, which is called the Pink House. Yep. And we were able to meet Shannon Brewer, who's the director there and has been for a long time. And... Uh, we were able to uh, walk a couple people in. The Dorinda Hancock uh, has organized volunteers that help walk uh, patients in. Um, the woman that I helped walk in was, uh, we talked about shoes. Mm-hmm. I, uh, held a, an umbrella, which proved in, invaluable to block out the guys saying crap to us. Yeah, screaming so just, people horns. And so she just ignored them. I ignored them. We walked uh, down. They have to walk quite a ways. Which oh, yes, is they part do. part of the awfulness. Um, there's a, there was, at the time, I don't know if it's still there, but there was a hamburger place uh, just across the street, mm-hmm. which was on the clinic side. And he would, he was white, the owner, and he would hose down some of the antis. And... That was okay with the police. If the people tied to the clinic did, the police would show up. And uh, I think that Shannon actually had to go to court once over... Well, the Jackson police were not predisposed to to defend the women who run that clinic. And it's a woman named Diane Durzis who owns it and owns several other clinics as well. Shannon, like you say, has been the director there for ages and ages. And they're at the front line of this because the Supreme Court is going to, in three weeks, take up two weeks. Yeah, December 1st. Yeah, they're taking up um, basically the challenge to Roe in yeah. Mississippi. And there's going to be a thousand different ways they slice it. But the Pink House is at the forefront of this because it's literally the only... The one clinic. When yeah. I walked in uh, one day, I just I put out some condoms and some reading material. And, you know, there's families in there. There's uh, most of the women that go to the clinic, they already have children. Um, they, you know, it's, it's really, it, it's so awful that these men, a lot of them are self-employed so that they can dictate their, uh, their schedule so that they can come from a white suburb, most of them, to harass women and families. And they're well-funded. There was a documentary on it several years ago that really goes into these so-called Christians who go and um, take days off and scream through bullhorns and have graphic, horrible things are hassling women. Literally, there are very few women who go to the clinic that are going past the 15-week state that they've designated as when people are viable or whatever nonsense that they've come up with their voodoo science. Um, The thing that... uh, 
Oh, I was just going to say, she got on the cover of Time Magazine, and that's what we're... Which why is we're, awesome. There's a really nice article in Time from the November 11th issue, so you can read all about what we're talking about. Of course, we have the old episode from three years ago where Jennifer and I go there and interview everybody as well. I was just going to say that the, the antis are also fame hogs. No, they, very much so. They even went to the movie mm-hmm. when it came out about the clinic. They, they sat in the same theater with the people that work at the clinic. Yep. Because they just wanted to see themselves on screen. Well, they quote a couple of them in the article talking about killing. And they always characterize women as murderers and killers. They but all women. of these women have families. And it's about, they're doing family planning. And it's a family planning clinic. And uh, Shannon has loads of children. And a lot of women are forced into having children, basically. It's, it's a terrible state. Um and uh, I really despise characterizing women as the people who are doing the brutalizing when you're watching a bunch of overfunded white people who are supposedly Christians screaming mm-hmm. at black women who are not overfunded, trying to exert their absolute constitutional right to do what they wish. Well, what about the women that are having health issues because of pregnancy? It's really dangerous to have a baby yeah. in America, especially if you're brown or black. There's also trans men that go yes. to the clinic. I mean, this is denying uh, people basic rights. Their basic right to be healthy or and or yes. have prenatal care and or have any kind of care. When we're talking about, you know, in West Virginia, Mississippi, the issue isn't whether they're killing babies every day. The issue is they don't have enough diapers. They don't have enough toothbrushes. The they don't have enough food. The social worker cried in front of us. Yeah. Because of the desperation. They, they don't have condoms. They don't have reading material. They don't have toys. The endless amount of things they don't have, which is why um, the abortion access front that Liz is such a giant part of um, is so great. And when we went there, they redid the place. They redid the garden. You know, we right, fundraised it's, it's for so them. We did, we did a, a benefit where we gave them money and we had them speak. And it's just fantastic. Liz has been so dedicated. And it's an independent clinic. And that's the thing. And we were talking about the other night on the road of all places with the guys. Because I was saying the one in Mississippi, I mentioned, I showed everybody Shannon's photo. And then I said, uh, someone brought up Oklahoma. And I said, I had the independent clinic in Oklahoma. Not all of these clinics are Planned Parenthood. Everyone thinks Planned Parenthood is some sort of blanket thing. No. But a bunch of places don't. independent clinics that are trying to support, well, in in the case of the Jackson Clinic, an entire state. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's the only state. And people come from Alabama. I mean, the only clinic in the state. Yes, only clinic in the state. People come from Louisiana. People come from Alabama. People come from all over the South, let's be honest. And that means you have to take time off of work. You have Mm. to get a ride there. You have to get someone to take you home. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just a whole big... Uh, process that they've made really difficult for women. And to, right, to put it plain, like you just said, so you've got to do all those things. You've taken time off, you've got a friend to drive you there, you're, ha- you're staying with someone that you know, or you're spending money in a hotel. And in the midst of all that, when you're trying to go get your appointment, there are hillbilly dudes with, or well dressed urban dudes, mm-hmm. there's plenty of middle class Christian uh, and upper class Christian types there screaming at you that you're a killer. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're talking about, you guys. To really picture it in your mind black women getting out of cars, uh, 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 the escorts at the uh, clinic protecting them basically from a screaming crowd of people mm-hmm. that are yelling the most awful things at them on bullhorns and they can get as close as they want to the clinic. It's really, that, uh, it was, it was very shocking to me yep. that, that they could, and you know, just the violation of every kind of, uh, scrap of humanity, mm-hmm. you know, they just, uh, they're just monsters. You think if they were really dedicated Christians, they might bring food, toys, Condoms of all the things we were talking about. Um, vital goods that families need. We're talking about families. Well, it, Women. it lays bare the fact that Children. they don't care about any of that. No. And, so. and Shannon Brewer has, has been the director for a, a long time and has done an awesome job of keeping everybody together. And uh, her volunteers are supportive. And it's just uh, beautiful to see that there's a article in time in support of her and gives a link about how you can donate 
to them. Did you already give the... Oh, let's do it again. And yeah. they gave her the cover, you guys, because Mississippi's case in December is going to be real important to the future of choice in America. A bunch of states are ready to pull the trigger, as it were, if they weaken it. In Mississippi, and this court showing no signs that they'll do otherwise. You can go to the Jackson's Women Health Organization, the Pink House Donations, or the Pink House Fund. Be careful because there is a, oh. a, another clinic that is, there are other clinics in, in various states that pretend that they're offering services but don't. And they call Believe themselves women's clinics and then they try to talk women out of it and they really lay it on them. The, if you really want to go to the absolute source, it's jacksonwomenshealth.com. That's yeah. J A C K S O N women's health.com. And, and that'll lead you the, to. On the pink uh, ribbon, there's a donate button. Yeah, because you don't want to go to one of these fake clinics. It's a member of the National Abortion Federation. Mm -hmm. We've attended the conference. We've seen Chen there. Mm -hmm. And the NAF supports all of the independent clinics as well as all of the Planned Parenthood clinics. People get a little confused over all this, but women like Ms. Durzes, who owns three clinics, have had to step in. And well, and, and how beautiful other, that she has yeah, done. And, and yeah. uh, Shannon says that she's been, you know, really helpful in supporting her. Shannon yeah. has six kids, by the way. Nothing's more important than um, the basic right to health and to denigrate women or to keep women back, especially in light of the last two years um, with COVID and what it's done to women financially and an economically right. More in society. Women have been out of the workforce. Yeah. It's ruined it's ruined women's chances for it's going to take years to come back from this. Right. And so I don't think there can be enough emphasis on what we need to do to make women's lives better, which is why we're so hepped up about the infrastructure program, the build back better, all the Biden stuff because it really when you start giving people money for their kids, that frees parents up to do things. Yes. It gives them the income they need to take care of their children. If you're getting several thousand dollars for each child, now you can get them mm -hmm. the dental care that they need, the shoes that they need. Blah, blah, it's blah. profound. Yeah, it's it's really profound. We do, let's go and, to this. And and then, what, so the media, uh, there was a Washington Post article about like, well, it's really had no, you know, it's not that valid to people and and uh it has been six days oh yeah the new plan there are now cnn was denigrating it mark tyson in the washington post wrote a terrible column today about how awful uh, kamala harris is really grumpy white guys are going to grind axes you really have to mind who you get your information from you guys well also the misogyny and racism Aimed at our vice president yes i bought a big box of misogynoir cookies the other day uh -huh. and they had kamala's face on them they're trying to demonize Hannah Nicole Jones, who goes by Ida Bay Wells, who wrote the 1619 Project. Mm -hmm. They're trying to demonize um, Vice President Harris because she's black and Indian. They're trying to demonize all the women in the cabinet um, because they're so active and mm -hmm. so free. Even Lisa Bloody Murkowski, who's a complete dyed-in-the-wool Republican, agrees on the infrastructure bill, so they try to vilify her or Liz Cheney, who I'm no fan of, but they vilify Liz Cheney, for God's sake. Just today, uh, two more judges have been nominated what for up? circuit court. Yeah. Um, I think this is 29 and 30 judges. Just fantastic. And uh, a lesbian woman and a, a black man in Tennessee. Uh, right. And that's... A, Biden's first nomination in a red state, but he's changing the courts so that it looks like America. Yeah. The courts will represent America. I liked it when it was just a really creepy white guy on every court. That, to me, was right? made America great again. <laughs> um, I want to mention this, and then we're going to push off into this good night. By the way, we haven't forgotten about Dean Stockwell. We haven't forgotten about all the civil rights tritons. We haven't forgotten about um, Colin Powell, whose father, yes, there's always a Negro League connection to everything. I found that one. Um, we haven't even talked about the Negro League's commemorative coin, um, Buck O'Neill's anniversary or birthday. Right. We haven't talked about Buster Posey retiring. We have loads to talk about. We're going to get to all that in the next Proopcast. We wanted to do a couple of shorties to teeth you back onto us and hope that you're happy with America's hippest couple, the aunt and uncle. <laughs> 
Greg is now not drinking. Yeah, I just dropped that on you. Who's Love Anyway is on the road. Um, we'll be in uh, California this weekend, all for the Thanksgiving holidays. Uh, let's see here. Tucson on the 20th, um, Santa Barbara on the 24th, and then Arroyo Grande, which is, I um, understand, near the old Pismo uh, in California. All beautiful places. And one, what do these places all have in common? They have the best Mexican food in the goddamn world. Hurrah. Uh, and then Escondido on the 27th. Then Lancaster, where I went to kindergarten on November 28th. I'll be driving by my old school, El Dorado Elementary. <laughs> and uh, yes, this is, by the way, Jennifer, my elementary school was the fabled city of gold, El Dorado. Now I find out. Yeah. The, you think the conquistadors stopped, but we didn't. We we colonized Lancaster. My father worked at the Caravan Inn, and that's how I got to go meet Jackie Coogan, speaking of Halloween, because Jackie Coogan was doing Run for Your Life, the Ben Gazar show, and was drinking at the bar where my dad was bartender, and they invited us to see the Adams family. Um, Ruth Eckerd Hall and Claire... Oh, then Florida for a bunch of days. At the beginning of Yes, Those get, Are On, we had to cancel Mesa which is where a lot of my family lives near, uh, or did do, or from there. Uh, my Aunt Marge lived in Mesa for years. It's right? confusing because you're from San Carlos. I'm from San Carlos, which is, of course, uh, St. Charles to you white people. Uh, there was a giant, do you remember these, super slide in the 70s? They were enormous slides. I didn't, I didn't go near those. They were an enormous slide made of fiberglass. Yes. And my cousin Donnie and me, you paid a dime and they gave you a burlap sack and a dime for each ride on it. You go to the top I'm, I'm afraid. and you could burn your leg to the bone, right? It was so hot. That's like a best case scenario. Yeah. So we would, the super slide was right near my Aunt Marge's. And my Uncle Ray had a, a, a TV and radio repair shop. His name was Ray, and his partner was D. And I swear to you, the name of the shop was spelled out on the sign, Ray D-O, TV uh, and Radio Repairs. Uh-huh. So I, when I was little, first of all, he had grapefruit trees, so Uncle Ray. And Uncle Ray talked like the bear in the cartoon. My Uncle Ray talked like this. You're going to get to see a grape. And he was a lovely man. And he wore overalls and whatnot. And... um so the, the grapefruits were an added bonus. Oh, the grapefruits were in the backyard of there. And my Aunt Marge made Rice Krispie treats, which my mother never did. And I and she had almond roca always. And a swamp cooler. I don't know if you remember swamp coolers. It wasn't an air conditioner. It was water that ran over and a dead where, animal. Wait, where were these? This living? was Mesa. It was 100 degrees. That's not it, enough. Ma no, it was Mesa? horrible. You'd be sitting in the living room. We'd all be drinking soda pop in those days. and Or iced tea, rather. Sweet iced tea, right? Sun tea. It's always about health, isn't it? And, um, well... Uh, yeah, the, the, a swamp cooler was water would run over a dead animal of some kind, and that was supposed to cool the house down. It was just the worst. In any case, he would let me go play in the um, repair shop, and it was full of dead television sets. And in those days, they had the tubes and everything, and I thought it was just fucking great fun. You're the person that asks me how to operate the TV. I didn't say I knew how anything worked. I said I liked breaking television. We're going to Florida. All of the gigs in Florida have agreed to our masking policy. Woo. So, by the way, you can be fined by the state of Florida if you agree to. They'll, they'll fine you. The state, Ron DeSantis is such a sociopath and murderous psychopath who wants everyone in his state to suffer from COVID. Having said that, all of the uh, places are complying. We couldn't be more excited to be going. We're going back to Jack's, where, as I told you last time, I was smoking a joint in the alley behind the show. And ended up in a rap video. The, a rap video broke out around me. I was standing in my suit with my makeup on, smoking a joint. And a guy came up with a camera and a rapper sat down next to me and began rapping. And then afterward, I said to the woman who's producing, am I okay? And she's like, everything's fine. And I'm like, I don't know what his name was. I don't know if I'm in the video. That was several years ago in Jack's. We're back there at the Florida Theater, the same place. Meet me in the alley. It's over on the left-hand side. Uh, then we're at the Hard Rock Live in Orlando. This time I'm getting a cheeseburger. I didn't order the cheeseburger the last time we were at the Hard Rock. What was I thinking? Yeah, there's not another option. And my friend John King's coming because he lives near Orlando. And John King wrote um, a book that I love called Guy's Psycho and the Ziggurat of Doom. <laughs> John King is his name. And he's in charge of the Kerouac House, which is down in Florida there, which is really nice where Kerouac lived. 
There's always a literary connection. He came and gave us all books last time, which was great. Then we'll be at the Parker Playhouse in Fort Lauderdale on the 5th. And then we go all to Oregon and the Northwest in January. It's whoslive.com. Nightmare Before Christmas, I'll only talk about for a second. It was super, super fun. We did it at um, the Bonk of California Stadium instead of the Hollywood Bowl, which was different. Uh, It's a football, a soccer stadium here in L.A. It was enormous. Yeah. Uh, And uh, John McCherry conducted and Danny. And this year, Catherine O'Hara was shooting a picture in um, London and we had Billie Eilish come in and sing Sally. That was a surprise. She absolutely knocked it out of the park. It was the perfect song for her. Sally's Mm -hmm. song is perfect Mm -hmm. for Billie Eilish's Mm -hmm. style. She was great fun. She got in the spirit of it. She wore makeup. She wore a giant costume. They, I, we saw pictures yesterday of the whole cast, and me and her are the ones going <laughs> like that. So I was very Ken, appreciative. Ken Page got a huge response. Ken Page is Oogie Boogie. He originated Old Deuteronomy. He's a Broadway star of the highest caliber. And he just he stole the show both nights. You were there both nights. He <laughs> yeah. stole the show. He comes out and sings Oogie Boogie's song. Danny was in very good form, I yes. have to say. He was really excited to do the show. We didn't get to do it last year, so... We were all real happy to be able to do it this year. Why are you telling us all this? Um, isn't there any funny stories? Yeah. Uh, the reason I'm telling you is we're booked for next year in London, you guys. Uh, I have a gig that I'm going to plug to you that's December 22nd next year, or December 10th and 9th of 2022. So Jennifer and I will be back in London December 9th and 10th of December 2022. Um, Tim Burton's The Nightmare Before Christmas film with live orchestra at Wembley. Mm-hmm. The SS, it's called the SSE Arena, but it is what we would refer to as Wembley. Yes, the Beatles played there. It's been rebuilt since then. Where will I eat? There's a place across the way that's a big giant food mall that has Thai food and cheeseburgers and lots of great stuff. Everything. There's also a, a really nice Turkish place. Down the other end of the roundabout, you have to walk a, down a few minutes. A neighborhood place. Yeah. There's Turkish place. There's a giant McDonald's. Um, anyway, there's lots to do there. And so join us the 9th and 10th. <coughs> Will you be back in England before then? Most assuredly. I just can't tell you when. We'll go back and we'll do the Soho and we will do the Comedy Store with our buddies, the Comedy Store players. Tell me about Everett Morton. Well, he's swirling. one of our favorite, oh favorite God. bands, The Beat, Yeah, who were renamed for America, The English Beat. They've uh, lost uh, Saxa, Ranking Roger, and now Everett Morton, who is the drummer, who is uh, called uh, the heartbeat of the beat. Um, And known for his awesome drumming. Yes. Uh, His drumming is just terrific. And he was from the Caribbean. He was from St. Kitts. Right? Their paper called him Kittian. Right, Kittian. I didn't really yeah. know it was Kittian. Um, Holy Kittians. Uh, Rankin Roger, his family was from St. Lucia. Uh, Saxa was from Jamaica. Um, I didn't realize. Saxa is on uh, Desmond Decker wow. uh, albums. A total legend. Uh, Everett Morton was, uh, this person said, described him as the engine room of the ska band. A true gentleman, gently spoken, charming, always supportive, and always there for people. He was uh, on uh, all the awesome English beat songs. We got to see them twice. Yeah. Um, and they're great. One of the best bands I've so ever, energetic. ever seen. And polished yeah. and really poppy and just awesome ska. I mean, they're ska, but it wasn't, that's not what it was about. They were just a really classy outfit. And like we were uh, mentioning with Astro, Everett Morton uh, moved from St. Kitts to Birmingham. Uh, which is where the English Beat were formed. And I was listening to... Uh, is UB40 from Birmingham too? Well, I, I don't a, know. A bunch of them, I think. Oh, kittens. Uh, St. Kittians. You, you didn't look that up, did you? Wow! Um, I, I was listening to... There was a, a copy on Mixcloud of a radio show that Rhoda Dakar did mm-hmm. about the ska bands in tribute to Everett Morton. And uh, she was the lead singer of the Body Snatchers, which was an all-women band. And uh, there was that ska revival in England in the 80s. And uh, right, the there were all these, and... yeah, all these great bands. And uh, she hilariously said that uh, 
years later at a charity event, she ran in, Rankin Roger and her were backstage at some event, and Everett Morton came in, and, and Roger said to him, oh, you remember Rhoda, don't mm-hmm. you? And he went, mm, no. So I'm, I'm <laughs> guessing a, a little of that Caribbean sarcasm. Yeah. That, uh, that uh, sassy, sassy cat. Um, Fantastic drummer. Oh my God! Do you want to play? Uh, I do, and then I want to. The I want to wish everybody good night. Uh, you have been the smartest crowd in the world. Jennifer's been the smartest woman in the world. I used to be the smartest man in the world. May every page that turns for you be a satchel page, and every bell that rings for you be a cool bubble bell. And if you have to vote for Hall of Famers, vote for Barry Bonds. Mirror in the bathroom. Everett Morton is swirling in the heavens. I wish you nothing but love.